0: Welcome to The Moral Minority. I'm Joel Sam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Luckett. Today, we're answering the question, or we're exploring, really, the relationship between the Black church and hip-hop. And we have a guest, Tiffany Thompson, who is a returning guest. She came in earlier to uh, discuss Kanye and mental health, um, and now she's back with her personal experience. Um, Tiffany, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Hello everyone. Um I am back. Um The goat am- <laughs> is in the
0: building. Let's go.
1: <laughs> you know, you know. Um so um I'm excited to talk about this topic. I'm a preacher's kid a couple of times over, which is always exciting. So mm. that kind of pre-qualifies me for this conversation. Mm. And I love hip-hop, as you all know from our last episode. Yeah, that's right. Um, but by trade, I'm a behavioral specialist. I work in special education. I'm a sociologist with a minor African-American studies. So. Yeah. Um, I'm qualified to talk about church and black folks. That's
2: it. That's it. <laughs> uh, before we even jump into the content, Tiffany, I just want you to say on record. Um, um, uh, who if this is
1: about Drake, I don't want to talk about. Hey, it. relax. It's, it would
2: be it would be about Drake for me because I would say yes, Drake to this. But in the last decade, as we've entered into 2020, who do you think was the who do you think have been your like top three of the last decade? <sighs>
1: You know, I'm not going to answer that question.
0: (laughs) We have had this conversation
1: many times before. Uh The decade that I can't. 2010 to 2020? 2010 to... I can't do it.
2: Come on. You know you want to say Kanye.
1: And that's, I mean, you know, that's my guy. <laughs> yeah. So I love Kanye. It's so funny because on my way over here, I was thinking of all the ways to rib you oh. about Kanye. Hey. Well, but I decided that he'll, I would take he'll a reprieve yeah. since we're going to be talking about church.
2: But the good thing is he'll come up because he's. Oh,
1: I have a whole rolling. Kanye section in my mind. Mm, that's yep. <laughs> when he's, it comes to church. He, honey. He's
2: playing evangelical church right now. So he'll, he'll come up. He'll come up okay um, <laughs> the lover of
1: pm don
2: reborn uh-huh, okay uh-huh. yeah yeah that's my man's that's my man's the boy the boy six 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 <sighs> let's go Canada in the house all right so um i think what's really cool about this conversation is i remember like when i told joel that we were gonna have this conversation he was like wow that's really spicy because i didn't even know that there was any type of kind of uh, negative relationship between the black church and hip hop. So I think it's great because I think for a lot of, a lot of people that just think of African-American culture as kind of like a monolith um, would normally just kind of assume, oh, you know, hip hop is um, normally black music. So therefore I'm sure people in the black church just love hip hop um, when that may not be the reality. So let's even jump in by dissecting that um is is there a disconnect or maybe even a hatred between hip hop culture and the the modern black church? Is there even a disconnect there
1: I don't think there's a hatred in as much as it is a disconnect in some ways, and I think that There's a power dynamic, right? Mm. So when you think about the black church now, Mm -hmm. there's several different, you know, areas that that can go into. Mm. If you go to like a more modern kind of black church where it's almost kind of like Kanye Sunday Service, if Mm. I'm being honest, there's a lot of singing. So he's on to something, you know, what he's doing is not necessarily unique. Especially Facts. if you go to a Facts. Pentecostal church and mm-hmm. you say more than three words, they're going to be jumping around and singing <laughs> for 20 minutes at a time. And we're like, okay, are we ever going to preach? So, <laughs> I mean, what he's doing is not necessarily a new concept. But so when you have younger black people who are into hip hop, mm-hmm. you kind of get, that's where you get the organ uh, person playing dunk. Right. A, playing Biggie Smalls yeah, right. in between Because they grew offering, up in that. Yeah. And you hear all mm-hmm. the young people go, hey! Right, right. Yeah. And the old people are what like, okay, what is going on right now? <laughs> you know, and so I think for the more modern black churches, it's it's difficult because when we say modern, we mean because modern times, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of quote unquote modern black churches that are still stuck in the back in the day. Right. Where they don't have a great youth population, mm-hmm. um, or if they do, the youth that are there are kind of old mm-hmm. because of it being a mostly old people's church. Right. I think that there's a, a power dynamic, a money dynamic. You mm-hmm. um, don't get into that, or perceived power, mm-hmm. because depending on what scale your church is at, mm-hmm. you you know you just really have perceived power you don't have actual working power per right, se right. you may have it in your small community that you're in mm. or amongst the people that you're with mm. um, but it's not until you get into like the Creflo dollar who mm. definitely just has like a pimp name to start with um, <laughs> he yeah he's living
0: his that. destiny yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Out here living the dream. When you can ask your parishioners to give you enough money to get another jet for another what, job? sir? Mm. Mm-hmm. Pray tell.
2: Give me a second. I'm about to go in on here. that whole yeah, So I, I
1: don't think that they hate hip hop. I think that traditional older people just don't understand hip hop to a certain degree. Right. So you have the mothers of the church Mm -hmm. who are just like, why would you want to be calling people bitches? And, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, Mm -hmm. there is more of a moral issue. Mm -hmm. And the whole
2: don't say the N word movement. Yeah. All Mm
1: -hmm. of those things. You know, Mm -hmm. when you had back in the 90s, um, people crushing CDs Mm -hmm. um, of Tupac and Dolores Tucker, Mm -hmm. you know, you had this whole movement of we don't like what they're saying. Mm -hmm. But, ma'am, you forgot you had Little Richard Chuck Berry. Um, you know, See, all of these people I mean, about, yeah. who were maybe not blatantly saying these things, but they were still condoning um immoral behavior. Come on. So, because at that time people were ushering in saying what they, you know, like I said what I said mm-hmm. instead of covertly saying right. it. Mm-hmm. Then it became a problem. Um mm-hmm.
2: so so you so you so you would say there's a there's a disconnect. So I'm
1: I would say there's a disconnect and sometimes a monumental misunderstanding mm-hmm. depending on the age group of the churched people.
2: So let so let me
1: uh let me uh add a
2: little bit more heat to that in kind of my diagnosis as I've kind of um been kind of looking, you know, of course, literature wise through the issue like kind of reading books on it over the last few years and and then of course kind of experiencing, you know, my experience in the In the black church growing up was I went to a um, pretty big black church in New Orleans called Greater St. Stephen's growing up. And uh, my mom was always um, kind of in this weird like uh, split between she would love to go to these kind of white Southern Baptist churches, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, Hmm. yeah. But then we would also at times go to these, you know, small um African American churches in uh Mississippi
1: and like a storefront.
2: Yeah, essentially. And uh and 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 so I've so I've kinda always been noticing that. Like sometimes I would even be riding in the car. We'd be riding in the car on our way to church. And if she heard me have a little hip hop in my ear, she'd go, Oh, you want to listen to that before. And so there I could definitely tell that there was a little bit of disconnect. But what i've seen overall and i guess maybe the black church wouldn't phrase it this way and and you didn't but i would somewhat phrase it as a hatred but i think it's but i think it's not just the music i think there is a cultural disconnect that has become a hatred so i'll break it down in a couple words i would agree with that to yeah. some degree right. so i think i think you know every genre of black music um was originally had some kind of birth within the black church You know, Negro spirituals, gospel. That's how we got Luther. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And even, and you made a great point when you talked about like blues and rock and roll because it had a, it had an interesting, like at first it was like, wait, why? mm -mm, No, no, Ray Charles, you can't, you know, you can't um, get down like you're in a bar in Mm -hmm. the church, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there was a, there was a little bit of a resistance. There's always the church in general across ethnic, bounds has resistance to newness, especially in culture and art. Um but in but hip hop was the only genre that grew up completely outside of the church. It had no birth within the church. It was I would like have, I would agree with that. You know? Yeah. And and uh and so so the and I think there were a couple of reasons that that, that, that happened. Um I think um I think one of those reasons well, maybe I, yeah, I can jump to the reasons now. um I think one of those reasons was uh the the idea of respectability politics, which for those of y'all who don't know, was this idea or the strategy really that was used in the civil rights movement um to to kind of reveal um, the, uh, the, the racism and the bigotry. Um, so there was a nonviolent movement of like, Hey, we're going to come and sit in, in, in these, uh, segregated restaurants or march in the streets or freedom ride or, um, and this is not where respectability politics started, but it was a strategy that was used in the civil rights movement. And what happened was this kind of like, um, more passive approach, not passive in a negative way, but more nonviolent passive approach to um just looking dignified in the midst of bigotry and really revealing the bigotry in the South for what it was, and this idea of you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a certain way we're gonna uh, be respectable and decent and dress a certain way and I think that idea morphed from a strategy to a a, like the ideal for how black people should live. And I think hip hop, um, especially in his infancy was like, no, we, we just saw Martin Luther King, like shot in a suit. And so what we're not going to believe is that by us living a certain way or living up to these, like, you know, civilized quote unquote ideals that that's going to protect us from racism.
1: I also think that to your point, mm-hmm. um, you have to remember hip hop is a street thing exactly you know it's mm. not it's not the same as like r&b mm-hmm. where right. you could be singing um a melody that's very similar to a church song. There's right. a lot of R&B songs that do have melodies uh, that yeah. are very similar to church songs. I think the whining cannot... had, had a mix. But the winings, Yes. I think they had so much mix. so that yeah, people thought I mean. BB and Cece were in a relationship that's and it, not brother right. and sister. <laughs>
0: right. That's a whole nother episode. <laughs> right.
1: Literally. Um, I, and, and even the way that they related to one another when right. they sang, right. they looked like they were in love with each other. Right. Even right. though they somehow... We're talking about God. That's what they said. So you could be more oh.
2: covert. That's what
1: they're not people gonna make speculations
2: out here. <laughs> oh, so God. you so you.
1: I'm just that's joking. I'm just joking. I don't want nobody to get upset about the little wine. I'm just saying that. The question the
2: is, wine.
1: do I <laughs> <laughs> The question is, why is y'all looking at each other like that? I don't know. That's the question I had. <laughs> oh at about but, ten years but, old. What is your man? <laughs> and why is it so many of you
2: we didn't jump on the mic to do this but it's happening but but I see what you're saying like in R&B it could be more covert like you were talking about with Lil Richie Mm -hmm. and even um, you know uh, Chuck Berry and Ray Charles it could be more covert because you can't
1: covert there's no way to okay I know like now we have Lecrae Mm -hmm. and all of these people who have found a way to finesse Mm -hmm. you know hip hop into church and Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. but at the time if you think about let's just take this is the most extreme example ever. Go. But let's think about NWA. Let's go. There's yep. no way that you can turn fuck the police into a church song, That's right? Good. Even if you wanted to. There is literally no way to do that. And mm-hmm. then but then you have, you know, the wonderful Kanye West. Okay. Come- <laughs> You know, then you right, have get into it. You have Kanye to come in mm-hmm. and have Jesus walks, right? Oh,
2: beautiful now, walks, perfect. This is, <laughs> but see,
1: this is where it gets sticky mm-hmm. because when you say do they hate hip hop, you can't hate hip hop and give them a Stellar Award for but, Jesus. But walks. see, that's what. Okay, the, that's okay the well, the well, what was no, the no, Black
0: no. Church's response to Jesus Walk? They
1: loved it, D- it. Uh, unanimously. Uh, was uh, it was uh, unanimous? It was well, unanimous. Yeah, I would okay. say the young Black Church okay, loved okay, okay, it. Okay, because let me let me just be transparent in this. When Kurt Franklin came out with Stomp, right? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? No, was you born? Yes. Okay. Oh. I'm just very <laughs> I just turned 28. Come on, I'm me, a little seasoned. I'm have just have asking the questions. <laughs> um, when Kurt Franklin came out with Stomp, I will never forget because I was directing the youth choir at our church. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather at the time was pastoring a primitive Baptist church
0: mm-hmm.
1: that he had somehow. Got them to not be so primitive and we still had instruments, Mm. that's neither here nor there. Mm. Okay. So we're I'm directing the youth choir. So I hear stomp. And Mm. I'm like, oh, we about to tear this down. Mm. We're gonna (laughs) we're not gonna do the rap part because you know, he ain't we let's not push him too far. (laughs)
0: Right, right.
1: So we're in (laughs) choir rehearsal practicing the song, and my grandfather, he never says anything directly to you. He'll say it to my grandmother, and then she'll tell me. Mm. That's just how, <laughs> you know, it rolls down. So he was in the church acting like he was cleaning. This man ain't never cleaned nothing <laughs> in the sanctuary the whole time that he'd been in church. Mm-hmm. And so that night, my grandmother comes, and she says, Oh, well, what is the song about? Cause <laughs> your grandpa said, "All are you talking about is stuff. What is you stomping on?" Because he said he don't never hear you say like the devil or <laughs> nothing like that. It's just you just stomp. But what what is it? Mm-hmm. And so I had nothing because mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about all the things because I like Kirk Franklin and I wanted to do stomp. Mm-hmm. And so my grandfather right. was like, "Okay, you can do it." The Sunday that we got to, we were getting ready to listen me perform. Mm. We were getting ready to do that at a visiting church before he preached. (laughs) A little angel whispered in my ear, "Uh, we're not gonna do that song." I was like, what? (laughs) I have practiced. I was ready. I got my sway on. (laughs) I'm ready.
2: Me and Kurt was about to stump in unison.
1: Yes. But I said all that to say that, you know, so even the response to that was kind of like iffy because people didn't understand what it was. Same thing. So I would say that Jesus Walk was not like, oh, we love it. But over time, it did become like a church cult classic. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So much so they don't want a Stella Award. Now, how can you win a Stella Award, which is a gospel award? Well, let me. I'm a, I'm or a Dove Award mm-hmm. on the same album? You talking my bitches and hoes. But see, that's right, the thing. Yeah. That's a, so, that's, so we gotta have so a.
2: I guess, but that's my that's that's why I think it became hatred because. Um, so you know what I was saying? I, like they, the black church, kind of embraced this respectability politics as like. This is the way black people need to act, period, instead of realizing. And we'll get to infrastructure and some. Yeah, and, that's a model minority philosophy. N- yes. Yeah. And that's I mean, also
1: like the difference between assimilation and integration. Come on. Right. And that's so, what I so yep. and,
2: and so if you want to be a part
1: of a party that people don't really want you yes. at. So you think, well, if I wear the dress and if mm-hmm. I have, you know. Oh, I'm old now. I was gonna say if I wear a covitis, uh, you know, a mm-hmm. nice little haircut, mm-hmm. and I got the gloves on, and I do this, then I'm gonna be seen as somebody who is respectable, like you're saying, mm-hmm. and who can, who is trustworthy, and all of those things. Mm-hmm. But anything outside of that is gonna be oh, they're too different.
2: And when we looked at hip hop, what what the black church saw was these young kids who were ruining. Our reputation amongst America, and that's to my second point. Is I think what happened is, so so one of the things that I tell white people because I've even tried to you know be sure not to say things like oh white people do this because I'm like ah see that that could that could overgeneralize and and maybe even um, like just kind of condemn a whole people group for the actions of individuals which I don't want them to do with black people, but I will always say um while there is a difference between whiteness and white supremacy if you embrace white supremacist ideas in many facets of life thinking through politics social issues individual engagements all those things then you you eventually the the persona that you will give off is as a as a white supremacist so you can embrace white supremacist ideas and have that be distinct from your cultural good godly um god-given culture of whiteness I think one of the things that we don't focus on enough is the idea that it is very true that black people can embrace white supremacist ideas.
1: Most definitely.
2: And and, and I think there's a lot of older African Americans in our culture who embraced this idea of cultural inferiority of like well uh the reason that so the struggle used to be the system but now they would have started saying kind of in the late 80s um and on now the struggle is us and these hip hop kids that are you know drug dealing and gang banging and and so what happened but was we, hip-hop kind of was, kinda was, was doing the that t- though. But, but look <laughs> look but this i mean
1: i'm not trying to be funny and i i get what you're saying mm-hmm. but i mean
2: but i i push back on that not what you're saying but i push back on their narrative heavily because it is a false belief that at any time in african-american history we were either a sinless victims um Or B, that we did not have this kind of um, African-rooted, eccentric, fun, um, uh, uh, expressive behavior, B. Or even C, that we didn't have to hustle in a world where we weren't given things. And sometimes hustle means we break the law. Okay, and so I feel like this, that 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 looking down upon that generation and now acting like, oh, they're the reason for all of their problems. I thought that was wicked. And I think it's wicked because um, for obvious reasons, we did not have good infrastructure in our communities because of Reagan, because of the war on drugs, because of the law and order movement, because of the crime bills. We had terrible we didn't have jobs we had, we had militarized police forces. Um, we had a uh, lack of education, terrible housing. And yes, these hip hop artists um, were living lifestyles that had to hustle in order to get access to resources. And we even turned trapping and selling drugs. And we flipped that and said, you know what, we can get a legal way. We can, uh, we can, we can make music and and treat that like trapping and 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 you know in its own way
0: what was the black church's response to those systemic issues when they first arose or when or in the 80s i'd say
2: like aside from hip-hop i'm gonna throw this out and then tiffany see what you say about it we might disagree i hope we don't um i think the black church like i think the black church from you know the 1700s to the civil rights movement
1: had was a the- not alive in the seventeen hundreds, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> when you tried to say we, I might not disagree with you. I might, because I wasn't there.
2: You know, get old history books. <laughs> um, from the seventeen hundreds to 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 the latter part of the twentieth century, or mid to later part of the twentieth century, had liber- had a liberation theology, right? And so their idea was while we have sins that we need Jesus to forgive us for, um, our theology is mostly about liberating people on the margins who would Mm -hmm. include us. Um, that was the basis of our theology. That's what, that, that's what we saw in the gospel stories. That's what, that's the thread and the theme in the Bible that we were, that we were teaching out of. And then what happens was there was a shift. We got lulled into the post racial world, of oh racism isn't really a thing anymore like we all have opportunity now look at all those civil rights bills that they just signed and we went to a civilizer theology and we moved to a theology of like oh we need to act right and moved into like kind of honed it in on like personal piety
0: have you heard of jonathan wilson hartgrove
2: yeah, yeah, There's yeah. a term
0: called slaveholder religion. That's it. Yeah. And a great
2: book, too. I just, I, I, I've i read that book a couple of times now. And that was what happened. The black church, we didn't have the theological um, armory to combat um, the new world that we were living in because we were acting like Martin Luther King's victory was actually a and, victory instead of realizing that he fought a battle that wasn't done and they just made it the, the, the same racial, um, systemic injustice now looked different and we didn't see it. And so we just blamed all of our achievement gaps, wealth gaps, everything on our own personal behavior. And that was ugly. And, We shouldn't have done that to those kids that were growing up in hip-hop, to those kids that were creating hip-hop, because it was a lie. They were still experiencing racism, and we should have still been fighting racism the same way we were during the Civil Rights Movement. And instead, we looked at them and we said, oh, they're the problem.
1: So when you um, have—I guess to what you were saying when you said what was the church's response, I would say— like in the eight, I mean, there was crack kind of. That threw us off the game, if I'm being honest with you, to me, because people were just trying to make sure that people were staying alive, that kids were not dying. You know, it, it, that whole time period, it was like a, I don't even know how to describe it because if I'm being honest and real transparency I grew up in a upper middle class kind of situation. So, um although we did have people, you know, in our family who used drugs and you know were very crazy with it. Um I grew up in a neighborhood where I had a doctor that lived next door to me. My Mm -hmm. grandfather was one of the first black men in our city to own multiple gas stations that he had to have white people work at the gas station so that people would actually buy his gas. Um, He was one of the first black men in our area to open up his own auto mechanic shop. Mm -hmm. Um, And he kind of had to say, and it was a family business, Mm -hmm. but you know, you have to put the face forward so that you can get the business. Mm -hmm. So, When I talk about these things, I'm talking about them from the perspective of I visited those things. Mm -hmm. These Mm -hmm. things were not something that I experienced every day. I wasn't, you know, living in a trap. I wasn't any of those things. Mm -hmm. Although uh, part of my truth is, too, that I, you know, um, had a brother that was born um, addicted to drugs. Um, I would have never known that. Mm. Um, and I always tease my mom and say my mom did her drugs like white people. Like she mm. snorted cocaine with her white friends mm-hmm. and she got pregnant and my brother came. And But also that situation wasn't handled like a regular, like a crack situation. He went to a foster home. My mother saw him every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so we kind of, uh, hand, our situation was different yeah, than someone who is being strapped to a hospital bed because they found crack in her system and they taking her baby, you know. Right, right, right. It's just completely different in in that way. And, you know, thank God my mom fully recovered and my brother is fine Mm -hmm. and doesn't have any, nothing is wrong with him Mm -hmm. um, and things like that. But I think that that era changed so much and so from the time of Martin Luther King of us having meetings at church about civil things you know well we're going to get together and have a food drive we're going to get together and do that Mm -hmm. that still was happening through the Black Panther Party and things like that but Mm -hmm. it started to die off Mm -hmm. and when crack came in that just kind of really that was like the last man standing type it was, it was tough. And then you have Reaganomics and I'm from Los Angeles. So I saw where my grandfather was one of the last men standing, you know, then we had riots and mm-hmm. it was just chaotic. It was really chaotic. And a lot of times I felt like even as a person who was in church at that time, like, where are y'all? What mm-hmm. are we going to do? Where is mm-hmm. Martin Luther King at? Like, where is our Martin Luther well, King at? That's what happens
2: when you keep hmm. shooting leaders.
1: And so. We didn't have one. I mean, well, we didn't shoot him.
2: I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not our responsibility. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. I said yeah. that's what happens when America keeps shooting leaders. Yeah. Uh, we all we were left with was Jesse Jackson, and we don't want to.
1: Don't front on Jesse though.
2: Y- you know, I'm a Je- Je- Jesse. 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 Jesse did the same thing that I'm struggling with. The black church fell into the the classism game. And ate that racist propaganda. Well,
1: I think because Jesse,
2: Jesse was right there saying, "Oh, look at them speaking that ebonics," and and did king die for you guys to just act like thugs. And he he ate into that. Now his, I'm not saying he that had he, progressive policies. I am not he saying that he did not. I'm not he ate saying into that.
1: that. I'm not saying that he did. not I'm just saying we still got to give him his props. Though. Yeah, I mean, for he, sure,
2: he had a great progressive agenda when he was trying to run for president. But and, I and, do, I, and I, I respect that.
1: But I do think overall, like something was just missing in that time period even though we were going to church every sunday you know we still were going to bible study and all of those things something was just missing socially kind of how social things are missing now um, who
2: who do you wh- where do you think that was coming from cuz i would i would say like when you look at the opioid crisis in the in the poor white communities, the reason that there is an opioid crisis.
1: Heavy side eye. I
2: know. Yeah. They call it a crisis instead of going in with militarized police forces. But the reason that there is an opioid crisis is because there isn't any infrastructure. And There's so, an
1: opioid crisis, first of all, because everybody has them in their freaking cabinet. You know why? Because we have Pfizer commercials on TV. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Other countries don't have that. They don't even have freaking yes. McDonald's commercials commercials on their tv there you are, know why because they don't want fat kids there are
2: corporate there <laughs> look there are corporate media reasons for it but what i'm saying is those people don't have jobs those people don't have edu- they have huge gaps in education other things like that and so they are turning what were
1: they addicted to before it was the opioid crisis tell me racism okay um, but, <laughs> yes so just like they cure that <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, and don't get me wrong. I have sympathy for people who mm-hmm. have any type of addiction. Mm-hmm. My mom is a drug and alcohol counselor, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, don't try to play me. I'm
2: wrong. not trying to, th- but not his, you. I'm yeah, saying, yeah, general. them. But I think what I'm saying is, as quick as we have compassion for, and I do have a lot of compassion, for, and I want, and I want to fight and and advocate for uh poor white people in those communities because i think what's happening is the fact that they don't have good infrastructure they don't have access to resources that's why their life looks like uh a terrible trailer park movie but at the same time i think what the black church did when they started seeing these songs pop up talking about thug life and which they didn't even know what that acronym meant but when they started you know seeing um this group of young men and women come up you know being very like you know, uh, passionate and, 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 uh, and strong. i glad you
1: said passionate yeah. and not aggressive. Yeah, c- you know because me. Because you know that is, as, yeah. as Amanda Seale will say, I'm not, I'm not mad, I'm just passionate. Let's go, yeah. I'm not being aggressive because those are two different things. Exactly. Like, I can be really passionate about something and if you're not used to it, you know, even if you are another black person, it may seem like I'm being aggressive. Trust me, I know, it's mm-hmm. my struggle
0: hey well <laughs> it's, it's only
2: it's on it look it's only a struggle in certain spaces
0: that they don't know how to deal with passion you but, know, so it seems like this this core idea that we're tackling is there's a, arose a time in recent black history mm-hmm. where there was a void in the community mm-hmm. and a young black person could choose between the black church or the hip-hop culture and everything else associated with that. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Absolutely.
2: And the reason they chose the hip hop culture, is because the hip hop culture sounded like liberation theology and the black church sounded like civilizer theology. So in the hip hop culture, you can get the F the police. You can get Tupac saying, um, uh, what was it? Point the finger. Um, You know, you can get these songs that were, that were speaking truth to power.
1: Especially when you have kids that are going through, and adults, mm. for that matter, who are going through the things that are on these songs. Come on. Right. You know, so these songs are not, well, I don't know what they're doing now. But don't
2: do that because it's still, it's still, they still, they still liberator music. You, don't dismumble rap. I didn't say anything. You were about, to, I don't know what they're talking about now. That's why you couldn't name an artist from the last decade because you was about to go straight to the 90s. With all your little golden era people, <laughs>
0: Ooh.
1: don't you? You're such a hater.
2: You're gonna leave. Look, you're gonna leave Young Thug and Future alone. That that's that's, oh, that's my no. G's. That's my G's. But go ahead, go ahead. You were saying okay. they live in these songs.
1: What right? I was mm-hmm. saying is that. You know, you have a mm. lot of people that are living in these songs. You, have songs. you have kids that are living on the street. Mm. You have kids that are living in these neighborhoods where they're seeing the police come with batarams. I remember that song when it came out like yesterday. That mm. means I'm a little seasoned. But when that song <laughs> came out, you know why people connected with that song is because we remember seeing not only physically seeing that happen, but watching it on the news tell
2: the, the tell, news tell would, the audience what the name of the song was
1: the Mm-hmm. and they would say, "Um the Bataram come to your pad and and it was literally about this piece of equipment that Mostly Los Angeles police departments use. I don't. Well, I that's like why I was. Did the same. Maybe NYPD did this. Maybe thing. they did. Mm-hmm. But it was basically a big piece of sheet metal with this pipe connected to it, and two or three of them would push it at one time, mm-hmm. and it would literally take the whole frame of your door off. Mm-hmm. And then once they came in, whether they were right or wrong, mostly if they were wrong, you were the one who responsible for fixing it. Mm-hmm. Wow. The city's like, oh, we thought y'all was in there selling dope. Our bad.
2: And you were broke. And you're broke. So now
1: Mm -hmm. you got to figure out how to fix the door so your kids can go back to sleep at 3 o'clock in the morning.
2: Huge infringement of our Fourth Amendment right to illegal search and seizures.
0: Right.
1: So when you have kids and adults who are experiencing things like that it's very hard to wake up and go to church on Sunday and have somebody preaching to you about how you need to be humble like a lamb and all of those things. When, what, what was my humility? What was my humbleness? Mm. And yeah, what did it came? do for me? Yeah. Mm. What what was my, what's where was my... the
2: humility of the police officers? Yeah. Where's where the humility of the, the policymakers who keep cutting down entitlements where like, where, where is the, where is the gentleness and the sophistication of the militarized whole police units and how there is it was it, it it the black church lost appeal because they weren't sounding like our heroes who realized what was they sounded unculturally savvy
1: and so then they we start kind backwards. of for me I mean. Me personally, I love Martin Luther King just as much as anybody. I don't. But about to I just the goat. I no Martin oh, Luther King. No, okay. I, I love him sure. just I as much as sure. anybody else. But I left the Martin Luther King era a while ago for the Malcolm era because I feel like that's where we are. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we we mm-hmm. you need Martin's, you know, whatever.
2: Wait, hold on, hold on. But, what? but 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 what? I think I think the Malcolm era would still be non violent the Malcolm era would just say "It's just it just sounds more militant but 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 wouldn't you say that the king that we got towards I the think end for
1: who he was towards the end mm-hmm. just as a person in general mm-hmm. yes that was more a militant version of himself I got you I got you I, I got would you. say that's true I got you keep going um My bad. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's
1: go. but for me personally as time has gone on I feel like you know I have said many times we need less uh Martin and more Malcolm if we're going to get things accomplished and I don't mean to like be physically aggressive mm-hmm. although it's very difficult for me to to grasp the idea that I am going to be able to um come to an understanding with someone who only knows physical aggression with conversation. Come on. I'll just say that. Mm -hmm. So when you have, back to my point, when you have these kids that are listening to this music, of course they have a more, they resonate more with what's going on in the street than they would with that church. So I don't think that, back to the Mm -hmm. original question, I don't think that church Hate hip-hop, hates hip-hop, I think, is almost becoming a class issue. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's become a money issue. Mm-hmm. It's a perceived power issue. Mm-hmm. And all of those things together are a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to bring up a case study. So in the album Good Kid Mad City Good by stuff. Kendrick Lamar, my personal favorite mm-hmm. rapper,
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: a situation, right? Don't look at me, Tiffany. Okay. There's a situation, <laughs> right? And we're, we're going through this album. It's a concept album. It's, mm-hmm. It tells a story of kids growing up in Compton Mm -hmm. and you know, they're out of school. They're just, they're hanging around and Kendrick, his 16 year old self, he's with some kids. They start getting into trouble. They're, you know, breaking and entering. They've got drugs. There's a scene in the album where I think this is after one of their party Mm -hmm. had gotten shot Mm -hmm. and they're all broken up and emotional traumatized by this drive by that just happened. And one of their friends who just died and an elderly black woman, I think she calls them over, says, young man, you know, what are you doing? You need Jesus. And she guides the boys through the sinner's prayer. So you see through the album, this experience in Kendrick's life where I think he's, he is Putting, he's kind of demonstrating the trap life, the hood life, mm-hmm. but then he's contrasting it with the church life, which was mm-hmm. also part of his upbringing mm-hmm. and true for a lot of young black kids. So that choice is illustrated there. He goes through the sinner's prayer for whatever reason, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a powerful moment where he sees one of his friends as a victim of the hood life, mm-hmm. and he sees... Allegiance to Jesus as a potential solution. Mm -hmm. What are some, what are some thoughts about that narrative? See my, my, and that's, and that's where I think, and,
2: and I, and look, what, what I'm saying all of this, but what still needs to be said is I love the black church. My problem is with our lack of evolution. My problem isn't with what I personally go and experience in black church spaces but i but i still think that that lack that lack of evolution leads to that dichotomy that Kendrick had to make in that album because if you go back to the slave era when we would collect for worship we wouldn't collect just to worship we would collect um for resistance whether it was we were getting together to plan a revolt,
1: exchange of information,
2: exchange information, go go uh, uh, um, plan escapes to the north. We were getting together for resistance. We believed that resistance to oppression was righteous. That that we did not have to, that the we were reading the Bible better than our slave masters who were just reading slaves obey your masters instead of realizing the larger theme and even the context of what Paul and the Bible teachers or writers were saying of, hey, resistance to oppression is a righteous thing when you resist unrighteousness.
1: And even little resistance, because I think sometimes when people hear resistance, they think, like you said, like revolts and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Things like jumping over a broom to get married—that's it. You know, because we weren't allowed to. Because we yeah. weren't allowed mm-hmm. to be married. Um, just really small things. Children knowing how to read but acting like they don't know how to read. Mm-hmm. Um, Making up songs while you're in the field to communicate with each other to let somebody know, hey, this person's going to be coming through here to go to the north. I mean, a whole song dedicated to being able to communicate with each other because they don't think that we know what we're, you know, we don't understand mm-hmm. what language is or mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. And and, it, and, and undoubtedly it was difficult because you have um uh, a lot of West Africans that are not from the same place speak in many different mm-hmm. dialects mm-hmm. and tones. But, you know, the interesting thing about that is God is always present. He was. And there's always a language of communication that can be had between people. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, um, those small resistances, like uh, Josh was saying, uh, were righteous. And I think that from growing up in Los Angeles and being a family with gang members on both sides.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing that they did do, whether they did it for themselves or because my grandmother was not a game, mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. went to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I don't know what they was doing on Saturday, but they went to church on Sunday. But
2: but look, but I think, but even get, getting back to Joe's original thought, what the issue that I'm having is, or have been having with the Black Church of the last 50 years is now you have to divide resistance and christianity even in the jim crow era uh where where did they get together to talk about their strategies At church. you know what i'm saying and so now, but now um the church is the place where you go and you know lay your shoulders show down off your hat yeah you know and show off your money
1: get your, your tm louis you know yeah and and, 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 mm. I'm, and i'm and
2: i'm just like no 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 the church should still be a place where we resist. And I see a lot of aspects of that today. I don't want to, I'm talking about the majority of the black church where I don't see it, but there's still like a lot of that. Even, you know, my um, man's that you just mentioned, one of the people, the John few, the Wilson- yes, he works with uh, Reverend um, William Barber. That's right. Um, and Reverend William Barber ain't nothing nice. Right. And when they get together yep. in church, that's for revolt. I mean, that's for uh, resistance. Right. Um, and, uh, and so th- that's still happening. <laughs> um, but I feel like now there became there began to be this dichotomy where children or guys, young African American men and women growing up, now had to look to hip hop for resistance instead of looking to the church for because the church was just going to civilize you, whereas hip hop was going to liberate you. And the resistances were small, are small in hip hop too. The resistance of um, I can be ratchet. I can be ratchet, and that's not immoral to be ratchet, or i'm we're gonna go to the club and have a good time in spite of the fact that we're most of us are living in poverty or the whole genre heck we're gonna go make money. they don't have jobs for us in our community, but we're gonna go make money um and so like there is there all all of that is within that that just that just allowance to be unapologetically wide spectrumed black um existed. In that hip hop space and it didn't exist in the church. Now, here's where the church could properly come alongside of some of that. And we'll talk more about this at the end. But even now, I just want to mention a brief thing. There are things to critique about hip hop culture.
1: Most definitely. There
2: is toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. in it. There is there is uh, there is an overindulgence of materialism and wealth. Um, There is uh, sexual immorality. There's Hmm. there are things in there. Don't do that. Uh, There are things in that Drake. Look, don't.
1: I wasn't even talking (laughs) about Drake, you know. Oh,
2: you about to talk about my people
1: today. It's interesting that the things that you listed that are a problem in hip-hop are also a problem in church sometimes. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on. So is it because you're looking at yourself and it's making it problematic come on, for there it? We because go. you can there see who you are through these kids or through these grown people? Take the gloves off. So, yeah. I mean, I love church in general. I mm-hmm. love the black church. And that's what I grew up in. Mm-hmm. But I also know that those things that you listed is like looking in a mirror.
2: So the church didn't have a leg to stand on. And you get that in a lot of hip hop music. That Buster Rhymes made a song kind of kind of making a mockery of a church scene mm-hmm. and and you know you get a lot of verses where they're like, "Oh, y'all just pimping us for money. We know what pimping look like." I
1: mean, if you I'm know? being honest with you, so the church you.
2: didn't have they didn't have a moral backing to stand on to really critique because in a lot of, you know, we mentioned Creflo Dollar, a lot of the church, because we thought racism was over, we started focusing on getting that bread.
0: Okay, well, let, let, here's a question. So b- back to back to Good Kid, Mad City. The auntie mm-hmm. says, "Young man, you're dying of thirst." So she and her solution is, "Hey, you need Jesus." Did the black church do a good job in discipling young men and women out of the life? Uh, well, that
2: but, so that's a that's a complicated question because I would say, and you know. Uh, uh yeah i would say like they don't need to disciple them out of hood culture see that's that that's that's my thing is like where you draw the line well because then you kind of make
1: when you say disciple them out of hood. there's really almost no way to really do that in a real way because mm -hmm. because then you're saying you have to choose one or the other if i'm a if i'm a hood if I'm ratchet. No, I'm a hood rat. Yeah. No, nah, I don't want to be a hood rat. Well, just let me be hood. That's what I am. Mean. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, if i let clarify <laughs> the terms <tortoise> real quick. <laughs> bro, because they don't mean the same thing in <laughs> your no. generation. St. Thomas Project. So if I'm just a person that's hood, you mm. know, but I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I may be more inclined now that I maybe have a better relationship with God. I may be more inclined to... Um, Instead of singing "Megan the Stallion," sing um, what is that song? That's Josh's
2: girl. That's my girl. Mine elite, too. Elite. Mine elite too. rapper.
1: Elite rapper. Yeah. Elite. Uh, we're not gonna. We're not here elite. For that. We're not here for that. <laughs> Go ahead, sir. But I may be inclined to play less "Megan the Stallion" and more what I call uh, ratchet gospel. Which is all of the Mary Mary songs or mm. the uh, see, I don't know. If it, uh,
2: yes, yes, and thank God for Mary Mary. Thank God for Kurt Franklin. Thank God for
1: all of the hip hop yeah. kind of I mean, trap yeah. gospel type. Thank God. songs. Thank them.
2: Thank God for that. But here's the thing, I I do think I do think there are proper critiques of hip hop culture as far as the things I said, like materialism, mass mass toxicant, Wow uh (laughs) materialism um toxic masculinity um
1: uh all of the things yeah
2: yeah I, i think those things do need to be critiqued but i don't know if those things are inextricably tied to being hood
0: and so no. exactly.
2: So you don't, so I don't need to be at the hood discipled out of me. I just need to learn how to live a new expression of the hood where I don't need I don't need to go to the club and hook up with someone at the club, like every other culture does. So we're not gonna act like that just happens in the projects. But like um I don't need to go to the club and and instead of just having a good time, having a few drinks, dance with my friends, let that turn into a one night stand with with whoever's there. I can enjoy my music, have fun have a good time at the club. You know what I'm saying? I can still, you know, wear, wear, wear nice clothes. Minus the fornication. Exactly. Minus, minus saying that equivalating, uh, making it equivalent to being weak and being a woman. I can do all. I, I don't need that stuff to have an expression of hood or an expression of, uh, you know, black cultural traditions within an inner city context. Like, those things aren't inextricable. those things aren't like inextricably connected. And so I think where the black church failed, um, is they failed to, to allow their theology to evolve and to allow their cultural savvy to evolve and to put their, to, to actually be, it, it's almost like, you know, this is so complex and, and, you know, I, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of
1: nuance. Yeah, yeah. And,
2: and I don't think a lot of people realize just how much of a generation gap there is. But it's almost as if, like we said at the beginning, they didn't even know how to speak the language of these kids, and that wasn't fair. These kids kind of well, because
1: hip hop brought in a new language.
2: Yeah, but uh, you learn it because I'm sure the civil rights movement brought in a new
0: language. Can we maybe give an example of how uh, the hood life can be redeemed, or the hood, hood culture can be redeemed? Um mm-hmm. while also separating the sinful aspects of it,
2: yeah i I'll start i mean, like I'm gonna wear my hair, how I wanna wear my hair, you know i or or um or there's ways that we constantly evolve in dress in hip hop, but it's always hip, it's always new, it's always fresh, dress like that um uh uh we in hip hop we redeem words. So the N-word was always looked at as a negative term. We took it and turned it into a positive term of endearment within our community. Um, uh, Ebonics is not um, lack of speaking well. It's the code language and the language that we use to communicate with one another. So instead of seeing Ebonics as like, oh, you're not speaking English well, which you could say to an American who's not speaking English in the Queen's English or the King's English, you know, like you could say, no, like I'm using Ebonics because this is a way that we communicate in my community. Ebonics is kind of like our
1: cotton language. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. That's kind of what I kind of, um, -hmm. marry it to. So Ebonics is kind of like our cotton language. Like you said, it's not for lack of intelligence or thought. Mm -hmm. It's just the way that we communicate with each other, um, and it's easy for us and hard for others to understand. And that's okay. It's kinda of like speaking pig Latin.
2: Hey, come on. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I'm not so, mad at
1: people who can do that.
2: So that so that those would be my few things. But what yeah, continue on, like what, what are some things that you would say, hey, I could still be hood, I could still be ratchet and then not be immoral. And they're not the immoral elements are not in it. Still embrace hip hop culture. I think you can just be yourself. That's um
1: it and ask for, you know, when you find God or when you come into Christ, you can always ask for um, a renewed mind and a renewed spirit and a Mm -hmm. renewed heart. And if you work, just like anything, if you work at it, it will begin to happen. That doesn't mean that you can't, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. I love (laughs) God's a lot. I, I have what I like to call like a radical faith and people think that I'm crazy a lot of times, but it has worked for me. I believe that God will do what he promised me. Now, it may not happen when I want it to happen, mm-hmm. but yeah. if I believe that there's a promise that um, God has given me, that it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think that people coming with a new renewed spirit and a renewed mind, um, and an understanding that there is, if you want to change, because that's really also what it's about, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, you can say, oh, I want you to be different, but then you're kind of forcing your way on somebody. Mm-hmm. This person has to want to change. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how you really are a different person you, you know you're a new creature within mm-hmm. Christ when you have decided and made the decision that you really do want to change as a person whatever that element of you is that you want to change you can do that in a million different ways mm-hmm. and still be able to Listen to Megan Thee Stallion. You can still mm-hmm. have a glass of Hennessy, maybe mm-hmm. not every day, not into drunkenness <laughs> as it were. But I mean, you can still enjoy your life. I think mm-hmm. sometimes people feel like Christianity is like, oh, I got to sit in the corner and be still and keep my hands on my lap. You can still enjoy your life, but you just have to be really cognizant of your promise to God but that's and what, what that looks like.
2: That's what we display to people. I can't tell you how many times I've been in church. Where they make they make the analogy of, you know, I used to be in the world, I used to be in the club, but now I'm in the church.
1: I and it's me. I was in the club last night. What's your point? Point? i that's what I'm saying.
2: I'm still in the I'm club. I'm no
1: less Christian. <laughs>
2: I'm still in the club and I'm gonna have a good time. You know, I'm and like, they
1: play Kirk Franklin. Come on. Hmm.
2: And so like <laughs> and so this this false dichotomy of like, um because um I think Joe, I think a lot of people, I think in the in the black church would articulate it the way that um, you asked the question earlier, which is why it's such a good question of like, um, they would say, oh, we need to, we need to sanctify the hood out of you. And it's like, no, no, no. Like
1: it has to, it doesn't have to be a specific way because Mm -hmm. when you, when you make something have to be so specific, like everybody can't fit into that mold. Mm -hmm. Like there's some parts that you just aren't going to be able to do as a person. Mm -hmm. And that makes it so difficult when you make it, where you have, if you do this, then you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Why can't I still, you know, you're supposed to come to church as you are until you know better, you know? So if I'm coming to church on Sunday in my club dress, mm-hmm. I'm at church though. Come
2: on, preach to me.
1: Now, I probably should take the heels off. <laughs> 'cause it make the dress shorter. Come on. <laughs> but if I don't know any better, yeah. I'm still here. Right. Mm-hmm. So teach me, don't talk about me. Mm-hmm.
0: Come on, that's good. And
1: that's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If I'm wrong, help me.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I can't tell you how many young ladies have come to church. And you know, my grandmother is old school. And you come and sit in a you know, young ladies don't sit on the front row. Mm-hmm. You know, old mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you don't know what these men up here going through. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to tempt nobody. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you don't sit on the front row. But then you don't sit in a way that if your skirt is short, that's problematic for you and whoever might be around. Mm -hmm. So, I can't tell you how many handkerchiefs I have put on Mm -hmm. young ladies' Mm -hmm. legs And whispered in their ear, this this is just so you won't be cool on the knees. Yeah.
2: You gookie. Yeah. You you say right
1: there. Because you don't want to Mm -hmm. make somebody feel bad. Mm -hmm, But you also want them to be appropriately dressed in Mm -hmm. the sanctuary.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. And and, and, and and, and I think that's. So one of the reasons I think this conversation is so important, I was excited to have it with you, Tiffany, is you having. You know, you have a couple of kids in our ministry and youth impact. Um, I I'm, I've noticed as I've done, you know, youth ministry among um, young African American kids, um, the church will have no voice within that constituency until they build a missy a missiology that engages hip hop culture. Yeah, like those kids will always appreciate a little Kurt. They'll so always appreciate, you know what I'm saying, a little Fred Hammond. I'll tell you how I know
1: they appreciate it. My daughter, every morning, mm-hmm. she sells about four kilos worth of dope before she leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> she loves trap music. Right, but he, but yeah. But, 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 but before we leave out the door, mm-hmm. she plays church music. Yeah,
2: so so they want a little bit of it. The, yeah. and, and And they got in their spirit because they grew up with it. Like, I grew up with that stuff. Even though I wasn't going looking for it, my mom would just put it in front of me. But- The reality is, um, if you don't know, one, the black church just needs to learn how to make that music into worship music, period. And that's going to be a difficult task, but become a great artist and do it. But. I think So I think that's one aspect, but also... And not
1: turn your nose up when the kids do it. Because it's almost Mm -hmm. like I've seen many kids, you know, try to perform like a little rap or something. And you see the older people, Mm -hmm. you have some that, you know, they close their jacket Mm -hmm. and they're like, well, what's going on? Then you have some older people who are like, okay, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: God bless your heart. You know, they want to encourage Mm -hmm. the kids. But it only take those two or three people who seem uninterested for the kids to not want to do it.
2: Because those two or three people probably have power. And right? they're going to shut it down.
1: Yeah. Or even mm-hmm. if they don't, just their kind of negativity mm-hmm. towards it. um it's not helpful. Right. It's not helpful because this is the music that these kids know. These kids ain't around listening to Luther Vandross and mm. Anita Baker. <laughs> I mean, they just aren't. First yeah. of all, cuz we, right yeah. we don't have those
2: types of We don't have
1: those type of artists anymore. You know, we, so, no. you know, I don't know what these people out here thinking about.
2: No, hold, slow I'm hold, talking about N R
1: M B. and just uh, made a dope Everybody is not listening to Solange's strange album. I have it. I heard it. I'm 44 years old. I am woke as you can be, and I'm like, what is you talking about,
0: girl? She just Solange is not mainstream. She's she's there. Yeah, we, she people, just, people, people know has her. been
1: making the same video for the past three <laughs> years. She just with a leotard
2: and a square box. She wants to stretch our minds. But look bef- the before before with we, a
0: spooky soundtrack. We the well, let's let's address one more thing. I mean, yeah. relevant to this conversation we got to talk about okay where the the christian hip-hop scene Mm. how has the black church responded to Uh, that christian hip-hop see why you wait till the last let's talk about okay we gotta talk real quick real real quick quick.
2: i'll get so so the i'm gonna say two things one the black church at first and kind of continues to kind of stiff arm the christian hip-hop scene because it sounds like hip-hop And the black church hasn't really learned how to engage with that yet. But I will say the second thing is they got a real good critique of that mess because the truth is a lot of Christian hip hop is really just garbage. it's, It's bad. Artistically it's bad. Artistically it's bad. But then on top of that, it's just white evangelicalism put to rap music, and that's the prop. Like, and thank God Lecrae and Propaganda and Show Baraka. And well, John those, those, those three are, are very. Yeah, places. they're coming out of
0: it. Lecrae formerly was definitely re- yeah, reformed that's theology. What I'm they're coming out of it, but but Prop Prop was a little bit too back in the day. But mm-hmm. I think Show was the first one to, to really jump to out like of shed that. that. Yeah, Show's got a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of truth to power in mm-hmm. his work. Mm-hmm. Props definitely got that. He's mm-hmm. got that going on, and Lecrae's. I think he's he's coming out too. Yeah. So I'm praising those guys
2: for coming out of a lot of that stuff. But a lot of those got Shylin, You know, Shy hot Lin, garbage. Yeah. You know, flame. Um. Oh God, yeah. The, flame. the truth. You know, <laughs> said, like
0: not my flame.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just. I gotta light it's him not, up. I gotta you light. You gotta him light up. him up. But that's the thing. Is like y'all sound too much. Like white evangelical theology, which in and of itself isn't bad. It just needs to be in white evangelical spaces. Don't bring that into hip-hop and call it hip-hop. That's what not was, hip. What hop was culture to wasn't grits. made to that. What was the response to Grits back then? They had right some there. all right stuff. They kind of sound... But, but that's what the was the, church,
0: the black church's response to them? Because
2: they were one of the first. I don't know if they had uh, one. I don't know if they had one. They were one, one of the first, right? I wanna... the, yeah, they were one of the first. But here's the problem. And it's one of the issues in Christian hip-hop is they all sound like Christian version of blank. And the grits was uh, sounding a little bit too much like Outcasts, you know. what I'm saying it's so yeah. it's like that is well, a, just because so it's two two people. I don't think the they I no, don't think they I sounded think like they Outcasts did, because they weren't good like Outcasts, <laughs> but they tried to emulate a little bit of that.
1: And that's and I agree with you a hundred percent because they're they exist in in their own kind of space, but they it feels like they're trying to be someone mm, mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you do you want to be in a secular world? And just be garbage in that world? Or <laughs> do you want to smell equally bad in both worlds? I mean, what are you trying to do here? Oh, uh,
0: it's, is this a lukewarm I'll spit you out of my mouth scenario? <laughs> yeah, as far as sound, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> I mean, and and you give it a fair chance because you're like, okay, he thinks he's eminem M.
2: Mm-hmm. No. N F. Yes. Trying to be, trying to be Eminem. I love what he's- Whoa,
0: whoa! whoa. NF has got a lot of cred in the non-Christian world. He's blown up. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. But here, here's why
2: he's he's got like I, I've been waiting for somebody to let me pop off on them. Oh, no. you got
1: 36. Oh. I am, look, and I'm gonna
2: use every second of it properly. <laughs> NF is doing an incredible job reaching the the emotional and mental health struggle movement, and I thank him for that. That's a really important group to really be engaging with and reaching out to and, and um, incarnating yourself into, because those people like they need that type of emo music that's speaking into their same struggles. And so I, I really thank NF for that, but at the same time, he sounds way too much like Eminem. He sounds the same on every record. He's not that gifted of a lyricist and he don't put enough black people on his songs and so I think those are the issues for me where I'm just like hip hop was made by us and white people have made incredible contributions to hip hop and I so, I'm so i so thankful incredible. for that
1: incredible
2: yes yes come on I'm, I'm gonna give them that I don't think all, all incredible you get
1: incredible because you were a producer no or what? Rick,
2: Rick Rubin Eminem Rick
1: Rubin is not even white anymore <laughs>
2: Yes, what are you here. talking about
1: His bro I promise white. to God when I see Rick Rubin His
2: I do not say white man white. and I love Rick Rubin I love Rick Rubin but he, but I'm just saying white people have made incredible contributions but for NF you gotta remember like it's still our sport Yeah, and so make yeah. sure that on your albums you don't whitewash it put us on yeah. there and I just see a lot of music he's making and he's not doing and I just that's kind, that's kind of one of my beefs
0: I'll, I'll give you all of those but the lyricism I think he's a good lyricist ah. but I think I'll, your other three points are valid He's straight. Do you
1: think it's the delivery that you like?
0: I think the lyrics are thought-provoking.
1: Yeah, what you, did you I mean
2: ah, This is me this is different. To all, right, all right, we we, <laughs> got, we got to
0: close this out. But, but let's okay, let's let's come back to Big. We got to, we there's one thing we missed. Mm-hmm. It's Kanye. See, my thing and with we, Kanye I know we discussed Kanye at length, but I'm a, is his newest album the black church, what's their response? Do they view it as positive? Or to, or Josh, as you've said before many times on the podcast, Why are you bowing, starting? bowing I just, down I just want to, you to get uh, ready. I just want you to get ready because this won't be easy. Bowing down to the powers that be. This won't be easy. I just want... I'm Tiffany, you go first.
2: This won't be easy. I Maybe just say, Tiffany, you go. We already know what Josh thinks. I will no, say, you don't, actually. I will, ahead, I will say
1: this. We're just going to let Kanye finish doing Kanye. See, He...
2: You enable him.
1: I do. Oh, listen! I am <laughs> I am a proud Kanye enabler, oh. and I will tell you why. Because I just I just 30, honestly
2: thirty seconds. I have oh we don't want to hear about Kanye for the whole. Listen, I
1: will tell you this. I don't know how the black church in general received Kanye's album. I will say that uh, the majority of people thought it was like hmm. Some of those songs are good. The rest are garbage. And mm-hmm. even I, as a Kanye fan, felt like that. Mm. Um, I love Sunday Service. I wish that he would take the way that he does Sunday Service, make it a live album, so I could it play it is. in my yeah, car. The second Jesus one, the is Jesus born. Is born.
2: Jesus Born is a good album. I didn't hear that. Go listen to what? it. Jesus Born is it's on Spotify. Jesus Born is a good album. Jesus King. I'm not sleeping. Yeah, it's 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 my it's, Sunday he service rap choir. At all. So it's Kanye just, is not listed yes. as the artist. He, he,
1: oh well, then that's why I didn't know about. Yeah, it.
2: Yeah, he Kurt Franklin did pretty much. Yeah, it's basically. But just, no, I could yeah. definitely
1: live with that, and I will be downloading it when we leave. Yeah, no, but, that's, that, but, that, that but what out. I'm saying is that I honestly, tr- truly, honestly, after watching him on a couple of interviews, even though he's kind of like whoosh, all over the place, mm-hmm. I really do feel like this man is on a journey. Now, whether or not we feel like it's you know legitimate or he's what the reasoning is I don't know I, I really don't know but what did the black community think about his album I don't think people really was moved by it mm-hmm. I really don't the white I, church loved it Of course, of course they, they did. did he says Oh I know
2: he, that he was spewing fundamental. He's, because I was going to say yeah. he
1: started off this new little journey with evangelical thoughts and and he <laughs> kind of still going that way
2: jerry falwell so. and yeah here, r- real quick just my takes on kanye um kanye was and the we music, said this yeah, yeah yeah the music. the the he, he was always christian and now he's exploring this like more civilizer piet pious, pious christianity and i think that that's what made jesus king um, a little too safe for me as far as content
1: but do you and, think he's staying there because I feel like he's not yes, I don't, I don't he, know if he's, he's still the, staying he's in, in the, that space he's
2: in the sunken place and he's doubling down first
1: of all slow down he, he's in with the, the sunken place the and
2: he's doubling down <laughs> and and here's the thing like my my thing is simply this Christianity cannot run parallel With white supremacy, it can run parallel with whiteness because whiteness is good, God given culture. It can't run parallel with white supremacy as long as he embraces white supremacist ideas. I don't want anything to do with his music, and and I and I think that's why his music isn't isn't really shaking waves in the culture. I think that
1: that is fair. Um. I think that's a fair argument. I I don't really have anything to say. That yeah, I
0: know. I got you.
1: You just shut me <laughs> down, though. Let's be clear. <laughs> okay. Drake is still whack. <laughs>
0: Ooh, all right. That's that's not on topic. <laughs> Y'all can beef that on another <laughs> oh, podcast. Well, no, but I
2: mean,
1: well, how, how do
2: how do we how do we close out? Well, I guess like uh, one. Thank you so much for for coming again and and letting us just go off i there's no one i'd rather I go always, off with i'm
1: always having a good time
2: um but yeah like uh d- would you like for people to follow you on instagram or twitter or keep hearing your thoughts like is there is there no. any way no no cuz you 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 wanted to just be i feel you, you mm-hmm. cuz you, you keep I coming have on the podcast i'll, we, I'll tell <laughs> you
1: this i have a lot of thoughts yeah you Ooh. get now no you get now i mm-hmm. don't have the space at, uh, For people to follow me on anything, I would have to make my comments disabled. there it is. And I don't have the energy and space for that. My social media is really just like for my friends and family. So I torture them with my thoughts. And I I, love them. You got great thoughts. I I don't have the space for outside communication. Maybe one day, just not right
2: now. Well, before, before I move up to Dallas, you will be back
1: okay good then we could talk about that other topic
2: yes yes which we're not even gonna preview it because it's too it's too risky (laughs) it's
0: too risky (laughs) but yeah this was fun um thanks so much I had a great time as always yeah well you've been listening to the moral minority with josh luckett and me joel sam be sure to tune in next time as we continue our series on art thanks for listening